This parable that Jesus gives is extremely easy to understand, but extremely difficult to live out. It goes to the very heart of what it means for us to live the Christian life, uh, the need to both give and receive forgiveness and to show forgiveness and grace towards ourselves too, of course. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing of all to do. The clear message is that we need to forgive others as God has forgiven us. And Jesus is stressing here the sheer magnitude of grace by the numbers he uses. Um, In the parable, the first slave owes 10,000 talents and one talent was equivalent to about 15 years wages. So it would take him at least 150,000 years to pay back what he owes. Um, But the second slave owes the first slave 100 denarii, which was the equivalent to about three months wages. It's still a sizable amount, but in comparison to 150,000 years worth of debt, it's just a drop in the ocean. And of course, we all get the point that Jesus is trying to make here. But we know that when Jesus tells a parable, uh, we need to do a little digging to get below the surface and find out what he's really trying to tell us. And perhaps the real question underlying this parable is this, why is it so difficult to forgive others? And perhaps why is it so difficult to forgive ourselves? So let's consider the parable from that perspective. The story starts with Peter asking Jesus a question. Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive him? And the problem that Jesus goes on to address is a a sort of direct response to that question. And he speaks into the inherent flaw in the question itself, which is the fact that Peter wants to relate forgiveness to counting. For Peter... Forgiveness involves counting, calculating and keeping a record of wrongs. For Peter, forgiveness is all about numbers. How much is expected of me? What is reasonable when it comes to forgiveness? How much is required of me when it comes to forgiveness? Peter wants to play the numbers game. So in response, Jesus gives Peter a ridiculous number to contemplate in verse 22. 70 times 7, which in Hebrew culture of that day was akin to the number of infinity. And of course, Jesus isn't really giving a number for Peter to contemplate. Instead, he's urging Peter to stop counting, to view forgiveness from a different perspective. A perspective that doesn't involve keeping a record or calculating numbers. As Martin Luther King once said, forgiveness is not an occasional act, it is a constant attitude. But why is it that we've come to think of forgiveness as an occasional act? Why do we think of it as something that can be measured in that way? Perhaps 
It's because we relate forgiveness as a response to the law. If someone in society breaks a law, we choose to either punish them or overlook the crime. And that is absolutely right and proper from a legal perspective. But we shouldn't use that as a model for how we understand forgiveness. Forgiveness and law do not go together. Forgiveness and the power of relationship go together. Forgiveness is an expression of love. It's not about the regulation of behaviour. Now there is a time to count and possibly to seek recourse to the law. Of course there is. But forgiveness works to a different principle altogether, which is about relationship, how we regard ourselves and others, uh, how we regard ourselves and others as individuals to be valued, individuals to be treated with dignity and love. The parable itself ends in a rather harsh way. In verse 34, it says, And in anger the king handed him over to be tortured until he should pay his entire debt. So what are we to make of that? Well, first we need to remember that this is a parable that has already been full of exaggeration and slightly ridiculous imagery to make a point. And there's no reason not to believe that Jesus is carrying on with that sense of imagery right to the end of the parable, which is to say, uh, I don't think we need to read this too literally. Perhaps there is another way of reading this verse, which may be closer to Jesus' original intent. Perhaps the king is not inflicting some new punishment on the slave, but describing the condition he already lives in. He's already a slave to counting and calculating everything according to the law. And perhaps Jesus is saying that we will be emotionally and spiritually tortured for as long as we allow ourselves to be locked into that mindset. To know freedom from past hurts inevitably involves developing a new mindset in which we don't count and number the hurts. And all of us know that if we remain in that mindset of counting and numbering, then it can only drain us of life and it drains us of love and it leads only to bitterness of heart. The truth is none of us can change the past. What is done is done, but we do not need to be held captive to the past. And that, of course, is the real crux of this passage. Forgiveness is a decision about the past that determines the future. When we learn to release the past, we open up real possibilities for the future. And that is ultimate freedom. I read a beautiful definition of forgiveness that said this. Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that the past can be changed. And to me, that says it all. The past is the past, we cannot change it. But we do all have a choice to make about the extent to which we allow the hurts of the past to define our future. We can be slaves to past hurts, 
or we can move towards a place of forgiveness in which we can know perfect freedom. Forgiveness is a choice, but it's also a journey, it's a process, and often forgiving someone can take a long time, maybe many years. Forgiveness is the only road to freedom, and it is the path that Jesus invites us on into this parable. It's far from easy, but it goes to the very heart of our pain. But through the grace of God and in the power of his strength, the impossible can become possible and new life can flourish in the desert of pain if we are prepared to step out and continue or maybe begin the journey into forgiveness.